Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into the show. This is Riffin Podcast. But what is Riffin? Riffin is hosted by two friends who have known each other for nearly 20 years and will cover a wide range of topics in this show. But before we begin, let's meet the hosts. Hey, I'm Tim Lebo. I'm late 20s, early 30s, depending on when you're listening to this. I'm a musician. I've put out several albums available online. My band is called Earth to Abram. I also have a book series under the same name available on Amazon.com. I've toured the country. I have a film business called Timothy Lebo Films. I also work in domestic violence, and I bring all of these experiences that I have to the table. My name is Jonathan Guyman. Most people call me John. I have almost four decades of life experience, including a wife of 13 years and two kids who are under 10 years old, ages 5 and 8 currently. I have operated a painting business for most of my working life, almost 20 years now, and host another podcast called The Joe Health Show. But otherwise, I'm mostly a boring, deep thinker. <laughs> You'll learn more about me as the show goes on. The purpose of the show is to bring our thoughts to your speakers. We talk about so many things from mental health, social media topics, news, stories, music, relationships, and so many deep topics that most people don't have time to discuss but think about often. It is our hope that you take something away from our conversations and that maybe you'll see the world just a little bit differently. Sit back and enjoy this next episode of Riffin'. And we're back. I, I wish we had like a TV show theme. Like, you know, whenever it comes back to co- from commercial, it's like, then like the family's walking in the living room. Yeah. I wish we had. I something. can visualize that. Yeah. Well, here. Yeah. Honey, I'm home. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's so, not stupid. <laughs> You know, I want to say one thing that I've heard on yeah. I heard on a podcast where mm-hmm. they do it in the beginning, and I want to do it because it's so catchy. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to because I don't like it anymore. So, oh well, now I'm curious what it is. And we're back, oh, just yeah. something like that. And we're back, everybody. Yeah. The radio voice. Who here thinks John should be on the radio? Say I. I. Dude, the radio is dead, man. Well, I think you have a voice. What, what's that saying? You Who were, here thinks John should be on audio format okay. shows? Yeah, yeah. Speaking. Yeah. Like the two I have. I think. I think. <laughs> yeah. What's that? It's like an insult. You have a face for radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. So. It's all good mics and post-processing. You do have a naturally nice voice, though. I Thank you. You're welcome. You can't carry a tune in a bucket, but at least my voice bucket. sounds good. Um, so I have a lifelong friend and how many of you have lifelong friends? When I say lifelong friend, I mean, I'm talking to the age of one or two years old. John, do you have a, or do friend? you think like more than 20 years? Cause like, what if you're like 60, but you met somebody when you were 35 and you've been like best friends ever since. I don't know if that's lifelong. I know, but still it's like a long time though. Well then what if you're 20 and you've known someone since you were five, you have less of a friendship from the person that met somebody when they were 35 well, and now they're 60. No, yeah. I guess I would just say, I wouldn't call that. I think lifelong, in my opinion, means like, let's say... You've experienced the majority of, of your life, life with, with that friend and all of the like coming of age Yeah. Stuff. I would say okay. if you've known just someone before the age of like five and... Before the age of five, maybe we'll say. Maybe even like seven. But I would say like five or younger. 
someone you met maybe in preschool, someone you kind of grew up on the street with, you know, how many of you are still friends with that person? John, do you have anyone in your life around that age group, you know, around the five? Similar, yes, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we're close, you know, that stay in contact continually and regularly. Yeah, but so. like if, if you hit that person up, could you meet up and would it be, would it be? Yeah. 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 That's kind of how it is for right. me. I, I have a friend and I'll just say her name, her name is Courtney and her and I grew up across the street from each other and I've known her since I was about two years old and we were really, really, really close friends. I mean, she was probably my best friend growing up and she's around my age, like a year older than me and um, maybe I shouldn't have said her name. No, that's okay. I said her name. I'm just trying to think of the story I'm going to say later, but it's fine. Maybe that's not her name. Maybe you did make up her name. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm trying to throw everyone off. That's not her name. Yeah. So anyway, her and I, we're the same Tim, age, basically. I know you're talking about Jamie. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go ahead. And uh, so obviously we grow up and we have different friend groups and stuff, but we always still kind of maintained a friendship. And as she's gotten older, she's gotten married and she has two kids. And everyone, if you listen to the podcast, you know my life. You know, you know my trajectory and what I'm planning on doing, what I'm trying to do. And so recently, her and I met up for coffee just because we try to have coffee every now and then just to keep up with each other and see what's going on. And um, we met up for coffee and we were just talking and it's been probably a year since I had seen her, like really seen her and gotten a chance to talk to her and see what's going on. And since I saw her last, she had another kid. So we were talking about her new kid and stuff. And as we're having this conversation, I'm realizing like she's a year older than me. You know, so we're virtually the same age, but her life and her world and her bubble and her references and her language and her mindset is like a completely different realm than what mine is in. Like her and I can still find common ground on topics and I can still hear about her life and she can hear about my life. But like the, it's so funny how like what she sees as normal everyday living and she lives 15 minutes down the road from me. Essentially, we live in the same town. But like her world and her pace of life and everything is so completely different than mine. And it just kind of took me back for a second. Like someone who's like someone who, ah, it just was, it it tripped me out. It it goes back to the podcast. I was telling John how I was on a walk and I saw a lady driving in a car and I thought about that lady's life and how she has a whole life that I don't know about. And this person sitting across this table from me, we, we were together there. We, you know, ah, you know what I'm saying, John? It's just like a, you don't really think about that. Like mm-hmm. whenever we think about life and our experiences, we think we tend to think that everyone's experiencing what we are, right. but nobody, is. I would imagine that conversation you have, you know, Jamie in mama land, you know, right there who is, is in, in fully embraced in motherhood and in, in wifehood and family life. And you're not there mm-hmm. yet. And you, while you're connecting, Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's great. That's really awesome. There's no like, I totally understand that struggle. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there's just not a connection there in terms of like being able to really relate and understand. Mm-hmm. But it's just being able to sit there and listen to what your friend is experiencing and she's listening to what you're experiencing and being able to acknowledge like, oh, yeah, it's awesome. You know, like, yeah, it's just crazy because like the stuff that I'm struggling with in my late 20s 
is something that she never even it was never even in her wheelhouse of struggling with but it's not like one path is better than the other they're just different paths Mm -hmm. and i just found it so interesting is all like yeah like at this point she doesn't really know what it's like to be almost 30 and living your life like mm-hmm. wondering about well, I'm married am I ever going to get married who am I going to meet kids mm-hmm. man I'm getting older like all of that stuff she can't it's just it's not a, a process in her brain right you know and that's not a fault it's no. just it is what it is yeah know? and uh, she was telling me about how you know like life with two kids now and what that's what that feels like and how she was late for coffee because she had to get her one daughter and to take a nap and stuff and i was just like i'm sure that's really hard like i've never had to try to get a kid down for a nap before <laughs> so i don't know what it's like to be late for a meeting because my kid won't go to bed dude it can be so frustrating because like that's your window of <laughs> like freedom yeah when your kids take naps especially if they both take naps mm. like that's your window of freedom and if they don't fall asleep it's like <laughs> what are you taking my life away for <laughs> well you know what's funny is so she's like a very independent person and she loves being able just to go with the wind and go to the gym whenever she wants or go here whenever she wants and i was and and she was like i don't know when the next time i'll be able to go to the gym for an hour is yeah and whereas my day that day man i could have done whatever i wanted that day yeah and she was like you know you don't understand how good you know like and i was like yeah but it's nice but i also love the idea of having people to take care of it's like so weird how oh yeah you you envy the person on the other side of the coin you know she's like man i would love to be able to go to the gym anytime i wanted to and you're just like yeah i'm I'm almost 30 like i I want to be tied like i don't (laughs) want that freedom right now like i and you think like the whole grass is greener thing yeah you know you think i I want that life you know well you know (laughs) is there a balance like (laughs) yeah yeah and that's kind of what i'm thinking of like i don't know you know, and yeah, it's like you think you want that, but what you really want is your own life with the freedom to go to the gym if you want to. And I think that's possible. I'm, I would imagine that her kids are probably still younger. Yeah, I think um, when they get older. You said they just she just had a baby. I yeah, guess, one's like seven year. months, and then one's like three years. Maybe. Oh yeah, you're stuck. Like they're not even in school yet. No, like it's it gets better. Trust mm. me, it does. Mm. So Courtney, Jamie, whatever your name is, like. <laughs> I know everybody says it gets better, but listen, this is the first time I started going to the gym. My kids are both in school. I have somebody set up, you know, to come out and put them on the bus Tuesday mornings, mm-hmm. you know, so I can go to the gym early and then I'm just going to make a commitment. Doesn't matter what I do. Tuesday mornings, I go to the gym. Friday mornings, I'll get the kids on the bus, go straight to the gym and still be at work by 10. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what blew me away and, you know, her and I obviously have a history of being friends for 27 plus years but i think what blew me away is the fact that we can still have like love for each other and common ground and be able to maintain a couple hour long conversation you know and still virtually on the surface have nothing in common anymore right but we still can find common ground and i think that's because we understand that like we're coming from different places now but you know i'm trying to think of a way to like evolve this into the certain everyday interactions like for example, like whenever I try to push something, not push, whenever I try to show people my art, for example, John and I talk about this all the time, like cutting through the noise of the world. And like whenever we try to get people to listen to our podcast or listen to my album or read my book, in my mind, this is all consuming. You know what I mean? Like these things, that's all I think about. This is my world. These are my babies. 
you know, these are, these are thoughts that I think are the best thoughts out there. But whenever I put it out there to the world, it's like what John, and I always say, like, no one gives a shit. And like, cause everyone else has their entire world that they're thinking about. And what may seem like a huge deal to you isn't really that big of a deal to other people. And that's more so liberating than not. I've learned, but okay. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Because you create good art, mm-hmm. you know? And so what is it about the popular stuff that sucks half the time, the <laughs> popular music that's awful TV shows that are subpar um, books that are okay that, but because they're popular, like all the music that's on the radio today, people, it gives some, some people like that commonality, mm. a connection mm-hmm. where, you know, if a movie comes out and, and regardless of how good or not it is, if it's popular and a lot of people watch it, it gives you something to talk about with yeah, other true. people. And there's this point of connection. Whereas like, you know, you put out an album and you have a handful of people that listen to it, but let's be honest, hardly anybody knows who Earth Abram is, right? right? So like, you go around, and be like, oh, this new album, Earth Abram, it's awesome. It's like, oh yeah, t- tell me about it. like, and but there's no, you're telling them about it. They're not like, oh, it's track seven, yeah, I don't even yeah. remember what it's called, but man, that tune there, <laughs> uh, that's mm-hmm. great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, there's no real connection there that people can share their similar likes for that thing, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, so I totally feel that. Yeah, it's hard to connect anymore. And I mean, in your life, John, like, because you live a very um, open life, like you love communicating your thoughts. Obviously, we have podcasts, <laughs> but you know, you're you're trying to help people and you have all this knowledge that you want to spread to the world. And I mean, you know, I'm sure you come across situations where you're like, why can't you just hear what I'm saying? But someone's, you know, you have all this knowledge and thought process, but say for, let's just go here. For example, say you're talking to a vegan, someone who spent years and years and years and years studying the benefits of plants. And they're, they're, they're reading those articles about, you know, the, the downsides of meat and all this stuff. And they're just, what those biased articles. <laughs> well, I, but, but they think that way about yours. <laughs> yeah. So like whenever you're talking to someone, you know, where do you find the common ground, I guess, in, in your ex- experience well, that's, in life? That's a good one. Yeah. Using that specific example, uh, I think you're going to give me a platform now. <laughs> <laughs> I think if somebody wants to, I, I know kind of, I don't, I don't think I bash veganism. I think I bash the vegans that say meat is bad for you. Mm. Um, but if there is like a vegan that really cares mm-hmm. about, Let's just say it's from a morality standpoint. Like, if I ever found a vegan that ate a, a pastured cow, like that's all they ate was pastured livestock, mm-hmm. I would know they were a true vegan hmm. because it's about the life. It's about animal ethics and all animals, all animals, you know. And okay, I'm going to get off track. I'm going to jump back on track here. So, like, hmm. the common ground, right, of hmm. of that is they care about animal welfare. They care about you know health, and they care about ditching like junk processed foods. Mm-hmm. So those are the common grounds there. Um, I think there's that's some good. yeah. I think there's some fear. There's been fear that's cultivated from outside organizations that meat is bad, mm-hmm. um, but the truth is it is not. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know to uh, to fight though if you've been taught something for for a long time and you have a belief in that thing. For you to admit that you might be wrong, 
that's really that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really hard to do, and mm-hmm. it's scary too. Because yeah. if that comes crashing down, well, gosh, what else? Mm-hmm. What else will? Is, yeah, is, 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 is am I putting my beliefs in? That's and so true. It's wrong, and it's scary to go down that road. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think like with the Courtney and my thing, you know, obviously we weren't having a life altering conversation. But I think the reason why it works so well is because she doesn't judge me for not being in her shoes right. at this age. And I'm not judging her for tying herself down at this age. Like, I'm not looking at her being like, Courtney, you really should have. I keep saying her name. Jamie, you should have. <laughs> Jamie. You're not saying anything bad about no, her. So no, It doesn't really matter. I know. But um, I'm not saying like, Jamie, you know, you really should have stayed single way longer. Like, look at my life. I get to travel. I get to be right. free. Like, I'm not doing that. And she's not looking at me saying, Tim, you really should have tried to find a girl earlier. You really should. Like, you look. There's no judgment here. Yeah. And I think that's why the relationship can thrive because we're both coming from a place of like, what can I give this relationship? And mm-hmm. I think whenever, <clears throat> if you, I'm just using you as an, as an example. If you were to get into a debate, not a, even a debate, a conversation mm-hmm. with a vegan, if you went into it with what can I give to this person that might be of useful knowledge? And if they came to you and they're like, what can I give to John that's of useful knowledge? You can have a great conversation, <laughs> but yeah. if you get into the conversation like I need to show this person why they're wrong, then the conversation's dead in the water from yeah. the beginning. I mean, that's a that's a tough one from the get go <clears throat> because there is science involved mm-hmm. with like there's not really a lot of science with y- your situation. It's no, just yeah, life experience. That's just life. It's, yeah, but whenever it comes to like food and diet and how it impacts the, your health and the environment, there is legit science there. Yeah, and. Uh, well, if someone's willing to ignore science, I, you can't have a conversation. You just, well, that, you just can't, you know. Well, and that's where biases come in. That's where biases come in. And then when, but then, even then, it goes deeper because then it's like, well, where does science come from and who funds the science and what twist, what twist is that and what corporate interests are involved in all of that? Mm. And then for the general consumer, it can be really difficult to sort through all that crap. Mm hmm. And it can be really frustrating. And, but then you want to, you want, I think humans, we want to believe in something. We mm-hmm. almost need to believe in something. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you cling to that nearest thing that makes the most sense for you, even if it's not true. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about something the other day. Uh, I was, I was talking to somebody about addiction and they don't believe that food or sugar addiction is a real thing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I know that was my thought too. <laughs> yeah. Like you're somebody with influence and you're saying that sugar addiction is not real. Personally, I think that person struggles with food addiction and sugar addiction they, issues. They don't want to believe that they have an addiction. And they don't want to believe that it's that's a thing and and are clinging to everything that supports that bias, right? Yeah. And they're afraid that it is a thing because it's super hard. Uh, but sugar just, it meets like all the requirements for an addictive substance. And there's so many studies out there that show that sugar triggers the same chemical receptors in your brain, like the opioid receptors and dopamine receptors. And it creates now there might've been a traumatic experience in your past and you found sugar to cope with that. So therefore you're not like a sugar addict. You're just using sugar to help heal from that thing or food or any other processed hyperpalatable food. Mm. And I think that's what they're saying. It's like, no, the trauma came first and I'm using food as a coping mechanism. Mm. Okay. That's still not helpful. You're addicted to it. You can't give it up. You need to heal. Right. Yeah. 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 It would be no different than the person that found gambling or sex mm-hmm. or drugs or alcohol like from that traumatic experience. Like it maybe if they never had that trauma traumatic experience, they never would have had to do this. You know, mm-hmm. they never would have been in it, but they did. And yeah. now they're hooked. 
Mm-hmm. You wouldn't call them not addicts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, of course. No, they're addicts, you know, even if they're using it to recover from something. Um, but I, and they're like, well, I just, I don't believe that. I'm like, well, that's okay. You don't have to believe. I didn't say this. I thought about <laughs> this after the fact. You don't have to believe something for it to be true. Oh. You know, that's and good. that's, it is what it is. And something, just because you believe it, doesn't mean it is true. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, that, that really made me think for a while that like these things that we believe, that's just because we believe them, or a lot of people believe them. It doesn't mean it's true. Mm-hmm. And I just got kind of stuck there for a little bit. No, no, I, I like what you're saying. And I, I want to venture into religion even for a second because it's the same thing applies. Like, yeah. So politics, so, religion. It's yeah. Everywhere. Like, you know, for example, court, whatever. Her name's Courtney. Courtney's world. <laughs> she's an awesome, awesome mom, yeah, she, awesome yeah, wife, she, awesome yeah, friend. She's amazing. Yeah. So, um, I really look up to her in a lot of ways. She, her world now, but we didn't get permission to use her name on the podcast. No, we did not. <laughs> so, um, her life is revolving around motherhood right now, as it should be. Whenever you have two very young kids, you know, she's living that mom life and she's killing it. She's doing great. And, but that's like her world, you know, her and I, cause her and I used to have a lot of really deep conversations. And whenever her and I met, I, I was trying to kind of get into like deep conversation territory because her and I are so good at that. But she's like, I'll be honest. Like I haven't even had time to like think about deep things forever because yeah. my, my life now is where does the kid have to be? When, when do they eat? When's their, when's their nap time? Who's picking them up for daycare? Uh, what, what time do I need to drop them off here? Why like, is there poop in my living room? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. And you know her life is so consumed in the now in the now, and my life is the complete opposite. Right now, my life is very existential, and I think about deep things almost the entire day. And that was another thing that triggered this was my my way of thinking. This like her and I, she used to have the time, the privilege to ruminate and think about life's biggest questions, but now her life is hyper focused into these two little children, as it should be. That she's almost now forced to live in the moment and i actually was telling her and she was kind of she was saying oh it's a shame you know i haven't really been able to think about deep stuff and i was like actually i think you're like that's a privilege or Mm -hmm. i I think like that's a blessing i was like i wish my life could be hyper focused so i'm forced to stay in the moment i was like sometimes it's a curse that i have so much time to where my mind can wonder and um anyway like sharing all of that just goes to say like whenever we come across someone new in our life and we share something that we've been ruminating on for life we can't just expect someone on the other side of the conversation to immediately get what we're saying you know what i mean like for example a religion thing god say john and i go to a week-long christian retreat and the entire retreat is god 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 prayer 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 reach out touch the world you know god's hand you know this hyper you know if you've ever been to a christian retreat for a week you know what we're talking about yeah you know, and so you come I need a shower now. <laughs> you come home and you're on this high, like that. That's Sunday night when you come home. You are like tingling, and you're like, I can't wait till I get to school and talk about God. And and then you come back, and no one else had that experience you did. And so you start talking about it, and then quickly you realize like they are not on the same wavelength as you. And it's it's as interesting as all. I think we're very selfish. Maybe what I'm getting at is we're very selfish. We need to constantly remember that everyone has their own story that's playing all around us. Like we all have our own books that are being written all around us and you can't just jump in someone's world and expect them to know everything that's 
happening in your mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying what's the best way to control people is get them to believe in something a narrative yeah you know, get them to believe in a narrative and you can control them and as soon as like i mean the whole church thing like when i look back on it now it is like oh it's it's a cult hmm. it can be a cult can be you know because you go in and while well, even if it has good intentions mm-hmm. but but it's like yeah you go in and you start teaching these kids one way from the very beginning one way this is the only way there's not the only way i saw a a meme on Facebook this morning or just an infographic or whatever it is. I don't know. A picture that mm. said like one ism. I think it was called one ism. I've seen that before that like no religion is true, but you can find truth in all religions. Hmm. And I was like, well, it, but, but it said it more definitively, but truth is found in all religions. And I, I'd rather prefer to say truth can be found in all religions, you know, mm. like it may be found different aspects of that religion. There is a, a truth or truths in that religion. Um, you know, and obviously my beliefs change that, if, you know, you, you humans want to believe in something. I think it helps. It helps them. They want to believe in something for peace, for comfort. I think that a lot of times that's fine. Sometimes it can be problematic. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't believe in Christianity anymore. Mm-hmm. I believe that it is a religion, um, but I don't believe it. I mean, you you know me, man. Mm-hmm. I have a deep history with the church. and Oh, yeah. There was just a couple of things over the past four years that have made me really, or four or five years, and I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, to make me really question, and I'm, <clears throat> I guess I'm still trying to figure out, like, what is a healthy you know, a way to practice a religion or faith and what is maybe unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see a few people practicing a healthy way, but most people it's that unhealthy, we have to believe this or we'll go to hell type stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, because God, God, whoever God is, you know, expects this of us and demands this of us. And if God didn't exist, I would probably go rape and pillage the village. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, if that's the only reason you're avoiding that is because God, you're fucked up, man. Like <laughs> yeah. your religion is so screwed up. Like you have these urges to rape and pillage, but oh, I can't cause God. Oh yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, um, well for someone like you in the, in the, where, where you talk to people a lot and you share ideas and then people share their ideas with you. I mean, you're not so much doing that anymore. But every now and then, like, you know, you'll kind of not debate, but you'll get in conversations with people where you share an idea and someone's like, well, John, I saw this. Like, again, I think you've gotten like night and day better. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, But do you think that comes from just an understanding that because we are all from different backgrounds that you're not coming from a judgmental place, but like a place of love, I guess? Mm -hmm. I think for, I don't know, like, I think for a while in my life, like I desperately needed something some type of a structure some type of a foundation like this is absolutely true mm-hmm. um and i'd get really excited about that and i'd find something that i could believe in and i'd be like oh this is awesome everybody needs to believe in this and and you know and preach it whatever mm-hmm. it was you know mm-hmm. uh and then you realize like okay that might work for you but maybe that's not a healthy way to look at it and you really got to take the the bias glasses off sometime and look at you know, what's, I mean, it's so hard truth. You know, when you say truth, like there's, I think there's very few truths. There's some, mm. you know, but I think you really have to take a good, honest look at, at things like diet, for example, is one thing. Mm. Okay. You eat however you want to eat, whatever. But 
specific foods do specific <clears throat> things in your body. That's not that's not, not up for debate. Yeah, that's like yeah, there's like chemical, a, yeah. actual, real things. There's a there's a there's a scientific fact there on how your body functions or how your body processes certain stimulus whether even if it's food or if it's drink or if it's a lack of sleep if it's there's inputs you know Mm -hmm. there is a there's a fact there Mm -hmm. there's a absolute fact there that will impact you know so i feel like in that regard it's important to really study and look at how these different things before you before you come down oh well you know that's not me you know i can eat twinkies and ho-hos without any problems (laughs) that's false Mm -hmm. like that is complete false like Mm -hmm. Can you still eat Twinkies and Ho-Hos? Yeah, go ahead. But make sure you understand exactly what that food <laughs> that is, is doing. I think, I think now more than ever, like humans have a responsibility to take care of themselves and their environment, you know, and mm-hmm. they need to make the best possible decisions, not perfect decisions, mm-hmm. but the best possible decisions to help promote health and wellness, help promote a healthy world and a healthy planet, healthy relationships and things like that. So, um, and there's, I think enough information out there to help you do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it, coming at conversations and interactions from a place of what can I give this person and not what can I, what, what can I give this person in terms of like, how, how can I be the best support for them? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, and talking about like belief, like politics too, there's a couple people on my Facebook feed that especially when like the impeachment trials and the trials were started like last week or whatever, Mm -hmm. they're, they're very right. You can tell. And they're just like mocking the Democrats and things like that. And I'm like, I I, like, I respect that person, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to believe you. In Mm -hmm. fact, you saying that discredits anything you would say. (laughs) Yeah. You're showing your cards Mm -hmm. because you're being belittling just Mm -hmm. like people on the left, Mm -hmm. just rail and complain about the right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I see you. I see you do that. And I'm probably a little left of center on some things, a little right of center on some other things. Um, I'm, I'm like a Joe Rogan yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. who everybody thinks he's super right. <laughs> if you're right, you think he's super left. If you're left, you think he's super mm-hmm. right. But I'm like, why is it just right and left? Like, right. Somebody now left. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As I said that, I was like, I should have said that. Yeah. But, you know, but, but I see that too. And I see these two sides and I'm like, well, gosh, I don't really want to believe either of you. Like, Mm. because neither of you know the truth. Mm. You're just regurgitating crap that like, you know, I saw on Facebook, one of these people posted something about like Nancy Pelosi's pens costing like $2,500 each. Oh, wow. Facebook flagged it as false. Like they actually covered up the picture. They left the post up, but they covered it up like the like the um, not the obscene, but the graphic ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they that they cover up. Yeah, right. Yeah. They cover it up and said you can uncover it. But just so you know, this is false information. Fact checked by an independent fact checker. Her pens do not cost twenty five hundred dollars. Wow. is a lie. I'm like. I like that. But then how do you trust Facebook's fact checkers? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. independent fact checker. What does that mean? Right. Like some person is fighting the good fight, <laughs> you know, and then where are they doing that? You know, and I was in a conversation at work the other day with somebody who it actually shocked me that they were a Trump supporter hmm. and they were like, you said it yourself. Your business is as good as it's ever been, you know, because it, and, and and like, so, but I'm like, yeah, but does Trump have anything to do with that? Hmm. Well, the unemployment rate's super as low as it's ever been. Yeah, but does Trump have anything to do with that? He's only been president for three years. Like, 
you know, and, but, and, and this guy, he couldn't answer any of my questions, like what Trump was actually doing to do that. And I didn't know either. Yeah. And so I had to like, try to, I tried to legit try to look up like is, has Trump been good for the economy and try to find a non-biased source. Mm. And guess what? He hasn't been Hmm. that great. Has it been okay? Sure. But then I looked like, oh my God, Obama did a tremendous amount for the economy. Mm. But, you know, people on the right don't want to admit that. And mm-hmm. they'll say, well, that's a biased article. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, then show me one that's not biased. Seriously, go do it. Yeah. Show me one that's not biased. And it's crickets. Because mm-hmm. you can't find one anywhere. I think that's the problem is people think their opinion matters. <laughs> and so people get into these debates on Facebook or in person and stuff like that. And, no one, we're all getting fed information from sources that we can't really trust. So why are we having debates about topics that we don't really know about? Like that stuff always confused mm-hmm. me. Like I can debate about things that I feel to be true that I've experienced, but I rarely, if ever debate about something that I heard through a news source. And then yeah. I go to someone and fight about that. Like, dude, why? Like stuff like that is so confusing to me and yeah that's stuff i used to do but i don't anymore yeah i look at it from a really like like even with some of the nutrition stuff i post like i'll see a headline then i'm like oh yeah but i don't i don't see you debate Um, anymore i see you just like share knowledge like in a carefree loving way i mean the one i posted the other day about uh like keeping your diet dogma out of the classroom Mm -hmm. you know some people pushed back and said there's been people living a vegan lifestyle for years and thriving okay fine but that's not my point. Mm-hmm. My point is that if you're going to push that vegan diet, you can't do it. You cannot do it without supplementing. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's no such thing as essential carbohydrate, mm-hmm. right? So your vegan diet is a full of a bunch of stuff that's not essential for human health. Like you have to supplement. So that's fine if you have to do that, mm-hmm. whatever. But don't go spouting that this is the right way to eat because it's not. Mm-hmm. That yes, humans need animal protein and fat like they need that's science that's fact Mm. you know because you can't do a vegan diet without supplementing some things right Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard to eat any diet really without supplementing but especially a vegan diet um and then somebody said like well there's there's people in india who have been vegetarian for thousands of years i was like without supplementing or eating any animal products or anything crickets Mm -hmm. you know no it was a caste system and they're still probably doing some dairy and some milk and some yogurt and some cheese they're still eating animal products you know Mm -hmm. and even that's political in india because if you say if they say what are you eating it's taboo to eat certain things or not eat certain things so they might say they eat less meat or people eat vegetarian but they still eat fish i hear people do that a lot and i think that's fine so like you know, anybody that argues that humans don't need animal protein, I'm like, but you're wrong, but you're wrong. Mm. Like, <laughs> you're yeah. wrong. Like, that's, I hate saying you're wrong, but like, but you are, like, you're wrong, mm. you know, unless you're supplementing heavily with other things too, you know? Mm. So, anyway. Yeah. It was just interesting that conversation with Courtney, and I, I wanted to bring it up because I feel like that's just a, a thing we run into in life now at, at the workplace, with our friend groups with our partners, with our family, like we're always, we always think that we have the best figured out route and the best way of thinking. And the, but until you put all that bull crap aside and just let people speak and hear someone like, yeah, I think that's important when yeah. you find yourself in a situation with somebody on the opposite end of the spectrum Yeah, is to stop both sides. It's hard. It's hard for me to do sometimes too. Stop. Well, how did you come to learn that? Mm-hmm. 
what is your history? What is your background? And the thing is, that might take hours, mm-hmm. yeah. days. It mm-hmm. might take a whole relationship mm-hmm. to understand where a person came from and what their upbringing is and what their experiences are to get them to grow to believe why they did. Mm-hmm. And I think if we all did that for everybody, we would understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, I understand now why you feel that way. And it makes absolutely total sense. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, and I think if you go into anything thinking you're going to change somebody, you should stop pursuing that relationship or that conversation because that's not, you don't want to be, you don't want to have relationships in your life where you're constantly trying to change people. Like, for example, if I have someone in my life who doesn't agree with me, they just don't agree with me and it's not my agenda to change them, mm-hmm. but it's my agenda to be kind to them and live my life truthfully and if they see something in me that's awesome that they want to talk about, then sure, they can ask me. But, you know, that applies to religion. That applies to my beliefs when dating somebody, you know, like never trying to change a partner that comes to my friendships, you know, everything that I do. I'm not trying to change anybody to fit something that I think is true. Yeah. And I think if we all lived that way, we'd be better. Yeah. Is to not go into attempt to change them, but to mm-hmm. go in with an open mind and in turn, you allow someone else to share their story. Hey, mm-hmm. they allow, hopefully they allow you to share yours. Mm-hmm. And if they're totally different stories and if it comes to like, you know, let's just say vegan animal person. Sure. Oh, okay. And maybe they'll understand to see, okay, why you believe that too. And if there's a discrepancy there, well, gosh, do you think maybe we owe it to each other or to everybody to let's look into this stuff together mm-hmm. and let's see what's actually true and eliminate that middleman, that social media, that news outlet, that those corporate interests that are influencing how we live and how we believe mm-hmm. and actually look at like, what's the deal with politics too? Hey, let's stop listening to the talking heads where that's their job to mm-hmm. get you to believe a certain way because you control people by getting them to believe a certain exactly. way. That's yeah. how you control people. Let's ignore them mm-hmm. and try our best to find the actual truth. And I think it maybe is so hard today to find the actual truth today. People are exploiting that and they're just mm-hmm. spewing a bunch of lies and opinions and stuff and not really caring what's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Like talking to her was refreshing because I have so many conversations about creative ventures. But with her, I got to hear about being a mom and raising kids. And that's yeah. fun for me to hear because that's something that I don't experience. So what? What if, though, what if that conversation turned, you know, Tim, I actually think that it's probably not healthy to be 29 and, and, and single. I, I really think you should have, <laughs> you should seriously be looking for a, and like it became a, a, a hostile, uh, like you said you didn't judge it, but like she truly believes that like, nope, 22 years old, you got to have your soulmate, uh, you know, 24 years old, you got to have a house mm-hmm. and then have kids by 25 mm-hmm. and like totally believed that. Mm-hmm. And you knew she believed that. And here you are like not living that. And she <laughs> dropped all these references like that. You're going to be somehow damaged, you know, because of your, your decision or, or, or just your life trajectory, like how oh. would that make you feel? Like how would that change the <laughs> dynamic? You know, I wouldn't want to talk to her. I'd be like, okay, she clearly. Uh, Do you think maybe even she realized? What if she didn't even realize doing, that yeah. message that she was giving off? Yeah, that's true. Well, first I would tell her I have been trying <laughs> to be locked down since then. <laughs> it just hasn't happened. Um, this is totally hypothetical. No, These yeah, things yeah. aren't actually <laughs> existing. No, yeah. But no, but people do do that. People right. do push that on you and make mm-hmm. you feel bad about not doing it. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like when you when you make a decision to better yourself or grow yourself in some way and you're excited about it and you're getting results in that way, mm-hmm. almost those in your closest circle get a little like, 
I don't know if I want to be around this person because maybe I should be doing that and they're super excited about it and I know there's areas I need to improve and it almost creates an uncomfortable situation Mm -hmm. because they there's there is a truth oh I know what I was gonna say you remind me of something um it's a oh what is that it's like a bubble we've talked about this before um uh, echo chamber. Yeah. And so pretty much it's like, okay, yeah. So what you're talking about is I don't want this person to be in my life. Cause now it's making me feel like I should be doing what they're doing. I, there's like some friction happening now. Yeah. So one thing, and one thing that I've noticed, and this is probably just for a very pure, simple reason, whenever people tend to get, when people get married, they tend to hang out with just other married couples. Yeah. It, it seems to be the trend that I see, you know, if, if you have a, if you, have a friend that has a kid bam now your families are friends and your kids get together while you two parents are you know the, the group you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. that seems to be the thing where parents stick together and they stick to family things and i think it it's just a theory that it's like an echo chamber it's like you surround yourself with people who are doing the same things that you're doing mm-hmm. so it it validates the choices you've made it's that belief. Yeah. I believe in this. Yeah. And it makes, it makes you feel comfortable about the choices you've made because everyone else is making those same choices. Whereas if my friend Courtney was in one hand living a life of motherhood and being a wife, but then she hangs out with a bunch of single girls and guys who go to the club and they do sports and they go to the gym. It's almost like you're living two different lives. Like you need to kind of pick a lane and pick a lifestyle and stay mm-hmm. in that lifestyle. You can't really, you know, it's kind of like you can't live in both worlds in a way. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I, I don't know. Like, you kind of like find a tribe once you get to a certain age in life and you kind of stay in that tribe mm. because it validates what choices you made. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just trying to think of my tribe as. <laughs> and, and there are, there are outliers, but. Yeah. That seems to be the trend. Like you see this a lot, like in the Christian community, for example. Yeah. I mean, you know? community is val- it's it's a valid thing. Like right. they say, people that live the longest have the closest friends and community. They've got that tight group of you know twelve to fifteen people, mm-hmm. you know, and then the overarching group of like forty to fifty people, right. you know, up to hundred that like they are acquaintances with. But that really tight group of twelve to fifteen, you know, that they're like these are my homies. Like these are my well. Yeah, and to answer your question, like if if she were to come at me and say this stuff, chances are she's only saying that because she's found such quote validation within her community right. that she sees me as like this outlier, and she's like, "Well, how could you possibly be happy?" Right. It's hard to it's hard to see that it's hard to see that, and another person's like, "Well, no, but I've got a group of like photographers and videographers and musicians that you know we're close, we hang out together, and none of us have kids or whatever, and it's it's great." <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. For example, like say. Say you come across a, a man or a woman who's single in their forties, and they they seemingly seem so content, and you're like, "Well, how's that? How could you be? How? Like, aren't you lonely? Like, you know, don't you want to have a wife, and don't you want to have kids, and don't you want to have like grandchildren?" But for that person, they're probably like, "I volunteer four days a week. I I am a part of like the choir. I you know, I have all my friends I hang out with once a week, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they might have more of a social life and abundance of." that than you do (laughs) right so like who are you to tell them that they're wrong for not wanting to be married with kids and you know what i'm saying so i do just just don't be judgmental yeah you pricks yeah jerk i'm good (laughs) yeah that was good i'm glad we added that because i wanted to talk about that but we we only got there later so good yeah we got to be careful too when you make the change like you know, example I would be is like, hey, man, we always have pizza and beers every Friday night. 
and now you're on this health kick and you're not drinking, you know, beers and eating pizza. You know, it's like, I think it's pretty standard. People know pizza and beer is junk. Like it's not good for you. You know, <laughs> yeah. everybody knows that, but there's, if one of your tribe, then if you've always done that decides, I'm not going to do that anymore. And that gets uncomfortable really quick mm-hmm. because then everybody else has to admit. It's like, Oh shoot. Oh, now we have to admit. Can I say one thing? Yeah. Oh, there's this movie called the beach. It's probably my top three all time favorite movies. Top five. And, um, it's about real quick. Oh man, it's so, I'm so glad you said that. So, there's a community that lives on an island that it's literally paradise, but they don't want anyone to know about it because once more people know about it, then they taint it and bring their own ideas of what the island should be. But Leonardo DiCaprio and two friends get a map and they find the island and they live on it for a while and everything's great. And then all of a sudden something happens and one person gets bit. Well, whatever. It's been out for like 20 years. Just, per- yeah. Per- I think I've watched it, but I might watch it again it's now. It's so good. A person gets bit by a shark and now they're like, holy crap. Like some people on the island are saying this person needs to be taken to a hospital. And they're like, no, we can't have anyone coming to the island and like airlifting him out because if we do that, then we blow our spot and then we we're done. Yeah. But they're like, this person is dying. He needs medical attention. And the leader of the group is like, no, like, you know, that's just the price of, of living this lifestyle. Like that's just the price of it. And so now there's this turmoil. Like, do we give up our paradise and sacrifice one person or do we actually come to terms with the fact that like someone's life is dying and we need to change something and i won't say what what they decide to do but like there's now quote a parasite in the group and everyone's uncomfortable with it because it changes it's it it, it, it forces them to reflect on what their life is and if they're willing to change or not it reminds me of the village yeah Kind of. Yeah. You know, where it's like they have this, this whole movie. I love those movies where like the whole thing, you're like, you're thinking it's one thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> like it's 2002 or whatever year mm-hmm. that the village came out. Yeah. And there's this garden. Like, it's like, what the heck is going on? You know? I need to watch that again. Yeah. But anyway, but that's the perfect example. There's a group of people. Someone is now putting their beliefs into question and they're forced to decide do yeah. we change or do we stay true? And I mean, that's like the village. Somebody got yeah. sick. Uh-huh. And I think the elders were like, well, shoot, what do we do? Like, mm-hmm. they know we could help him. Yeah. And then I think some some girl, I think the girl in the group was like, no, I'm going to go find help. But she doesn't know there's walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And there's scary things. They set up the scary things in the woods to keep the people from going into the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like the a Truman Show. <laughs> yeah. That's another good one. Anyway. All right. We're done. See ya.